نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شر انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا انه من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وكشف الغمة وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the gracious, the affectionate, the merciful the witness that there is no deity worthy of worship and adoration, bowing and prostration except Allah, the creator and sustainer of the heavens and the earth. And I will witness that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is his final messenger. Dear brothers, dear sisters, I'd like today, inshallah, to draw your attention um, to a very important issue, uh, tragic in proportion that has taken place under our eyes, but the world has turned completely silent to. Uh, this is a, a case of a suffering of an entire people who are being ethnically cleansed, who right now are in the process of being eliminated before our eyes, and for some reason the world is silent, and the media wouldn't even bring it up, and people hardly talk about, and you know and I know that we're probably talking about our brothers and sisters, the Muslim community, the Uyghur community, in, northwest, in the northwest region of China. And I ask you today, how many of us are aware of what's actually happening? Perhaps you've caught a word here or there about their suffering, but how many of us have actually met a, an Uyghur in the local community? And by the way, you'll hear this word being uttered or pronounced as Uyghur or Uyghur, and neither of them is probably close to the correct or acu accurate pronunciation of the word. I'll refer to them as the Uyghurs. How much do you and I know about them, and how much have we actually sought to learn about our brothers and sisters? Now the Prophet ﷺ, because you might be asking, you know, why bother with this? Uh, and I know all of us care, but at the end it's, it's been such an overwhelming wave of, of atrocities and suffering that we're constantly bombarded with that we cannot even know how to process or make, make sense of what is happening. But nonetheless, this does not excuse us from at least attempting to understand what is happening. Learning about our brothers and sisters, because Prophet Muhammad ﷺ said, the beautiful saying, he says, whoever does not care for the condition of his ummah, the condition of the ummah is not one of them. She's not one of them. Do at least care, so that in front of Allah we say, we've made our best effort. We've made du'as for these people. How would you make du'a for people you don't know, and I don't know? And then we claim them to be our brothers and sisters, and we claim to be an ummah. These are the oldest brothers and sisters, who have been subjected to a persecution beyond our imagination and understanding. Who are they? Where are they? Where do they live? Which region of this world do they inhabit? As I mentioned earlier, the older people live in what's called now the Northwest region of China, although it's not been historically a part of China, but it's in the heart of Asia, Central Asia. These people inhabit the eastern part of Turkestan. Turkestan. So they're actually Turkic people, Turkic people, an ethno-religious community of Muslims, Sunni Muslims, who practice moderate Islams, moderate Islam, who've never been a part of China, China historically. 
What's happening to them right now? They're an occupied region, literally an occupied region that has been invaded and taken over. And as you witness and as you hear, they're under excruciating, overwhelming amount of suffering. That no human being, that you would not even wish your own enemy to experience. This region, brothers and sisters, that is now called Jingyang, Jingyang, uh, as the Chinese call it, the new territory or the new frontier, has existed for thousands of years. The Uyghurs have had their own civilization, their own culture. Some scholars say for as little as 4,000 years, and some say for as long as 9,000 years. 9,000 years they've existed with their own unique culture and civilization. Uh, East, Eastern Turkestan has been situated historically on the famous Silk Road route, the trading route. So, subhanAllah, because of that special gift geographically, Allah made these people thrive. And they became uh, a key people, and the region became a key region to connect East and West, and became a very prominent, thriving cultural center historically. Historically. And the region itself became a critical part of that trading route. So the Uyghur people thrived historically, and they've been able, because of the connection to East and West, to, to flourish and grow their own civilization and their own culture. They have their own language, which is not even Chinese. They speak a language that is closer to the Uzbek language, because these are their cousins, their brothers and their sisters. They share, share a common heritage. Well, what happened is that, subhanAllah, Islam came into this region in the 10th century. Islam came into this region in the 10th century and they started to embrace Islam in big numbers. In the 10th century, in the 1900s, in the, excuse me, in the 900s. And subhanAllah, since Islam came into this region, East Turkestan became even a more advanced place, a home of learning and civilization in our history. It actually produced some of the most renowned scholars and literature and books in the history of Islam. Literature, the arts, the sciences flourished in the time of Islam, because as you and I know, Islam encourages the pursuit of education and knowledge, and these people, the Uyghurs, took advantage of this. And their capital, their capital, brothers and sisters, became one of the major learning centers in the history of Islam, and the history of civilization, producing remarkable works in the arts, in the literature, as I said, in the sciences of Islam, and their scholars became very notable for their work. This is East Turkestan, current day, Jinjiang, right? And how many of us have ever connected to this rich, deep history of learning, of, of culture that has emanated out of that region in the world? And thinking about what is happening today, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. Well, what happens also, brothers and sisters, that is that at the end of the 19th century, the end of the 19th century, the region itself, in, the, in 1876, it got invaded by a Chinese civilization, a state that has essentially gone out and galloped, galloped and, and swallowed that region. And what has ensued after that, that was an eight-year civil, you know, eight-year, excuse me, bloody war. Bloody war that has essentially put this region under the control of the Chinese. And from that point, the current communist regime over, overthrew the older Chinese civilization, and took over, placing this region under their control. So from, from 1949, it has been under the communist regime, under the control of the communist regime in, in China. And 
Many people may not realize or might ask why are they being subjected to this torture and this persecution at this high level? You know, why would the Chinese government pursue them to such an extent that they want to eliminate them? Pretty simple. This this area, this region, brothers and sisters, not only rich in its history, its in its culture, and in the, in the brilliance of its people, but it's also a region that is rich, as you can imagine, or or guess. Rich in, in its natural resources, in oil and mineral resources, and also its strategic geographical location. So the Chinese authorities are very vested right, in ensuring that they can grab these resources and put them to their economic and political use. So in the process, they sought to stamp out completely, stamp out completely the culture, the civilization, the language, and the people of that region. And for the past several years, what they have under, you know, undergone is beyond imagination. It's unconscionable, brothers and sisters. There has been a systematic attempt by the government, and they've actually hired a governor, a political figure, a political figure who is known for cracking down on religious communities. So what is happening right now is an ethnic cleansing at the highest level, an attempt to stamp out a people because of one thing, their belief in God and to convert them into communists. But how bad is the situation? Oftentimes when we speak of the suffering of others, no matter where they are in this world, we often share their stories as statistics. Isn't it true? But when we hear statistics, we reduce the humanity of people. We no longer see them as a father, a mother, a child, a brother, and a sister. Now I can tell you this personally. I've heard a lot about the Uyghurs, and I, and I read as much as I can to just educate myself. But none of this came even close to making me empathize and understand the pain until I met an older family several weeks ago. And I cannot tell you the tears that I've seen in those eyes, brothers and sisters, were tears I've never seen before. Each tear is unique. Each suffering and pain is unique. Nonetheless, we all share that pain. I'll never forget that couple that met me, pleading with me, begging with me, to just talk about their, 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 their suffering about their dire situation with our Muslim communities. And they were telling me that they don't even know what happened to their own families for the past three years. I'll never forget the face of that mother that spoke with me. She said, I couldn't call my mother. I couldn't call my father. I couldn't call my sibling. I couldn't even call my children. Because if I place a call to them, they'll be all arrested. Can you imagine? Just for being, for connecting to the outside world. They're actually banned from travel right now banned from interfacing with anything outside of that region right and she started to cry telling me from the stories that they've they've they were able to 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 get about their own family many of them are already in concentration camps she was telling me the stories of people in these concentration camps and by the way these concentration camps or as the chinese as the chinese government calls them educational vocational educational camps they are literally prisons concentration camps, they've been building them all over the region. All over the region to the extent where the region turned into a dungeon, a big prison, surrounded by walls and barbed wire. To ensure that the people inside are completely taken out, right? And that the outside world doesn't know what's happening. So there's literally been a shutdown on, on news even coming out of these places from, but from the snippets and the stories that they've been able to gather. She was telling that people are not just rounded up, left and right. They're rounded up, brothers and sisters, at, either, at, at any indication that they 
belong or affiliate themselves with the faith of Islam. She told me that people for carrying Muslim names are beaten up and rounded up. For carrying just the, the name Muhammad or Fatima. She was telling me that at the audience of the word, inshallah, God willing, you grab them arrested. So the, even the utterance of any word referring to God, as simple as God willing, inshallah, you're automatically detained and arrested and taken to these concentration camps. She's telling me that people, women cannot wear their hijabs. People are banned from praying or going to the masjid. Um, men are banned from growing their beards. Any religious observance or practice is not only shunned, but that you're literally facing persecution and torture for just that practice. They're prevented from going to Hajj, from fasting. But is it stopped there? No. They're literally planting communists, brothers and sisters, as guests. One million of them, one million communists, communists have been planned in the homes of Muslim families in East Turkestan to ensure, to surveil them and, and monitor them around the clock in their own homes. And they have to even put pictures of the Chinese president and political figures and literally worship them in their homes. Within their homes, they're being forced to drink alcohol and to eat pork to ensure that they're fully indoctrinated into the communist system. Can you imagine this situation? Can you imagine yourself in your own home with that reality? What happens to their children? Brothers and sisters, their children are being taken by force. Their children are being taken by force. And, and placed into state-run orphanages. State-run orphanages to brainwash the children and indoctrinate them into communism and for them to essentially be completely detached from the faith of Islam. Can you imagine yourself as a parent with your own child being, being snatched away from you? We will never probably be able to see them again. But not only this, for them to be subjugated to this, to this persecution in an orphanage with... With, with complete strangers who have, who have no interest whatsoever but to ravage the lives of these children and indoctrinate them. Can you imagine the pain and suffering? Only then did I understand the cries and the, and the tears of that woman. Only then, Allah, brothers and sisters, because through the narrative of these stories, you come to see the pain of it. These are real people and not just mere statistics. Real people and not mere statistics. And I ask you today, how many of us have have made du'as for them. How many of us have made an effort to understand who these people are? They're our brothers and sisters who share the faith. And indeed, brothers and sisters, I understand the news, uh, the news of suffering is so overwhelming. And, and oftentimes we stand and we wonder what we can or you know, can do for, for our brothers and sisters around the world who are going through unspeakable conditions. But I can tell you, brothers and sisters, right now, no matter where we are in this world, we carry a duty that to the extent of our abilities, we have to, we have to raise our hands and ask Allah for help. That no matter where we are in this world, Allah we're aware, fully aware that He is in total control. That no matter where we are in this world, we have to advocate, advocate for our brothers and sisters, and at least have a conversation about their suffering. And bring it to light because they're begging and pleading with all of us. Ask Allah to make us among those who stand against oppression and injustice, who go out of our ways to relieve the suffering of those who are undergoing that suffering.
الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الخلق وسيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Continue to hear these heart-wrenching stories from that couple that I told you about. They were telling me that within the concentration camps that have, you know, essentially been established and continue to be built throughout the region, millions of people are there. Can you imagine as little as a million, and as much as two million, if not three million? of the Uyghurs are placed in these concentration camps. Right now. Right now. Can you imagine, you know, all the stories of suffering that we talked about, how many of us have heard of these concentration camps? And what is happening within them? How often do you see this on the news? How often do you hear politicians or our communities talking about our brothers and sisters right now in this time of history where we condemn you know, extremism, wars, and suffering? How many of us bring up this issue that have there are, there, are, there are two million people, two million people because of nothing but their faith, are being cleansed out uh, and are, un, are, are under excruciating suffering and they're placed in concentration camps. You would think that we're talking about something that happened in the 1940s or 50s in, the, in World War II, right? The Holocaust. Holocausts are happening right now. A termination of the people is happening right now. Within these, these prisons or concentration camps, this couple was telling me, People, brothers and sisters, are beaten, tortured, and actually being killed. Killed. They're, they're having to sit with their hands and their feet tied up. Tied up on chairs for days. Deprived of food and drink and sleeping. They have to do military-style exercises, chanting slogans to glorify the communist regime and worship them. They have to be, they're, they're being beaten around the clock and they bring them dogs and even snakes for, for, for the inflict essentially, you know, um, you know, suffering on them, but beyond this to even intimidate them around the clock. Their teeth are being plucked, can you imagine? So is their nails. I know, like, perhaps sharing details like this are excruciating and some might think unnecessary. They are necessary, brothers and sisters. We need to understand how deep this pain is and how serious this suffering is. Can you imagine? Imagine this family that has to hear about the news of their family members being tortured as such. SubhanAllah. That's why the Prophet ﷺ says, fear the pain of others, right? Fear the pain of others. And I want to tell you something here that when I heard of these stories, I remembered our beloved Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. A man came to him and he said, Oh Prophet of Allah, I can't feel, you know, feel the softness in my heart. Have no mercy. And he understood it. Yet he told him, he didn't tell him, go write a check in charity to someone suffering. He says, go find an orphan and stroke their head. Go find an orphan, take your hand and stroke their head. That's profound. You know what he's saying? Go feel his pain, her pain. Understand her suffering, his suffering. Their deprivation so that your heart will come to life. So that your heart will become softened. This is what makes this story real. It's not a statistic. This is actual, real suffering. And, and, and indeed, brothers and sisters, in my own reflection, I said, Ya Allah, what do, you, what do we do? What do we do? We turn to the Qur'an, brothers and sisters, for beautiful, divine instruction. And Allah wants to that stands out, that, that provided me with consolation and an understanding of the situation. A surah that spoke about this historic, historic, timeless suffering and persecution of people because of their faith. And this is a surah that you and I have memorized and you and I have taught our children, Surah Al-Buruj. Right? Surah Al-Buruj. What is Allah says in this beautiful surah? 
that we recite, we memorize, we really probably reflect on. Allah swears in it. Sends you a message, me a message, those of us who are witnessing all of this, those who are persecuting are being sent a message. And the victims, the shuhada, right? Who had to under, under, undergo all of this suffering. There's a message for them in this surah. Allah swears in the surah saying, وَالسَّمَاءِ ذَاتِ الْبُرُوجِ He says, look up by the heavens. He takes an oath. By the sky above you, ذَاتِ الْبُرُوجِ The one that possesses these beautiful constellation of stars. Stars arranged in beautiful patterns as if they are like fortresses. It's an image. You look at it up, up. It's like a fortress in the heaven. As if Allah is telling you, there's a watchful eye in these fortresses. The guardians of the heavens, the angels of Allah, keeping an eye on everything. And Allah is the witness. He says, look up and you'll understand. Allah is there. Allah has created the heavens and the earth and arranged those stars that are, that are, that are encircling our earth. Then he takes us further. Because many of us ask, why is all this evil being permitted? Why? Allah says, The promised day. The promised day. Do not ever think that Allah is unaware. Do not ever think that Allah is unaware. He's fully aware and cognizant and His mighty eyes keep a, keep a watch and everything. He says, and the day of judgment, you're going to come back. You and I will have to come back. And we're going to be accountable. The oppressor is going to be accountable. You and I will be accountable. We'll have to answer. Allah says, don't forget this. The end of the journey is not the end of this life on this earth. No, no, no. There is a day in which we return to Allah Azza wa Jal. And He's sending this message to everybody on this earth. Then He says, وَشَاهِدٍ وَمَشْهُودٍ Beautiful. Two words that Allah sends a warning with. He says, A witness and a witnessed. A witness and a witnessed. Two powerful words in a verse. Allah saying, it's being witnessed. It's being recorded. And someone will have to face the consequences of all of this. No matter where they are. Allah says, witness. Who's the witness? What is He talking about? He says, for every case of oppression and an injustice, for every single case of a persecution of an individual, for every single case of a taking of an innocent life, or hurting someone, here's a witness. Multiple witnesses. Multiple. The angels of Allah are the witnesses. The people who are witnessing the crimes are witnesses. Earth, Allah tells us in the Quran, is witnessing to your steps and your presence and your actions. The heavens and the stars and the constellation are witnesses. The angels of Allah all over are witnesses. The prophets and the messengers of Allah are witnesses. The communities are witnesses. And the victims are witnesses. They're witnesses to the crimes committed against them. And guess who else is a witness? The criminal. The criminal is a witness onto their own crimes. They see it, they perform it. And Allah says, they witnessed. And the things that you witness, the crimes themselves, the victims that are being witnessed, and even the criminals who themselves are witnesses, they're witnessed. And it's ultimately the eye of Allah that keeps track of everything. The ultimate witness, Allah called himself in the Quran, Shaheed, Shaheed, the one who witnesses, with eyes that never sleep, encircling fully the reality of everything. Fully. And the angels of Allah said, رَبَّنَا قَدْ أَحَطَّ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عِلْمًا Oh Allah, we declare, we are aware that you encircle everything with your knowledge and your mercy. Every single ache, every single pain, every single thing that is happening right now, within your life, the things in your heart you're not aware of, the pain that nobody else understands, the tears that nobody else has seen, right? Allah has a jal, the angels declared, Oh Allah, even that little tiny pain, 
that nobody else knows, it's been encircled fully by the mercy of Allah's knowledge. That's amazing. Can you imagine now the big things that happen? Allah says, I'm fully aware of them inside out, more than the people in them. But they're also surrounded by, by my mercy. So no matter what you think of, of all of this evil, Allah's mercy and care and affection and awareness and knowledge is fully encircling it. It's in the hands of Allah at the end. We just have to do our absolute best. That's what Allah declares in this surah. وَشَاهِدٍ وَمَشْهُودٍ He says, referring to a single historic event. Mimicking or mirroring what is happening right now. قُتِلَ أَصْحَابُ الْأُخْدُودِ النَّارِ بَاتِ الْوَقُودِ إِذْ هُمْ عَلَيْهَا قُعُودِ وَهُمْ عَلَى مَا يَفْعَلُونَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ شُهُودِ he says, you know what happened historically? Here you go, we see the repetition of this episode of people being persecuted and being subjected to cruel and unusual punishment because of nothing else but faith. So they're forced to comply or conform to the, to the, to the state doctrine of religion. And alhamdulillah, we're in a land where we can practice our own religion. And many of us might not even appreciate this beautiful gift of Allah Azza wa It's a beautiful gift of Allah. They were able to gather in the masjid. We were able to pray and fast without being bothered about it. Alhamdulillah, what a ni'mah that many people are deprived of. Many people are deprived of. So he says, Qutila Ashab al he says, woe and destruction to who, Ya Allah. Allah is merciful, but He is the most just. And somebody said, we should cringe and we should tremble at hearing the word that God is just. Just for hearing the, the, the word, the description, God is just. And his justice is not like your justice and my justice. It is the perfect justice. And whoever commits any act shall be rewarded or you know, meet the penalty of that act, no matter how tiny or big it is. That should make us actually tremble. We appreciate the mercy and the affection of Allah and we, are, we should be inspired by it. But at the same time, the awareness, and that's a feature of our faith, the awareness, the full cognizant that God's mercy entails also His justice. What do we tell those voiceless defenseless people whose lives have been ravaged, who've been raped and killed and tortured and burned. So this is in the surah, you know, one day, a similar people did this and wrote to them destruction, who killed others through burning fire. So he's describing it vividly. For you and me to reflect, he didn't just say they got killed. He said they were burned. These, these people, this community of people, this nation that didn't believe in God, they didn't just say, hey, we, we, we don't believe in God, we believe in God, you have your way, we have our way. No, 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 no. You have to comply and conform to our way. And in this community of believers refused, you know what they did? They dug up a trench, a ditch, a trench, a ditch, and filled it with fuel, so much fuel. Can you imagine? And lit, it on, lit, lit that ditch with a fuel in it and turned into this massive fire. And you know what they did next? They threw this, this group of people into it. Allah knows their number, hundreds or thousands of them. All of them, as families, parents, mothers, children, name it, senior citizens, all were thrown into this ditch, and Allah is describing this episode. And He says, woe to them, destroyed they will be for doing this, for burning the people, exterminating them for nothing but faith. And He says something amazing. He says, you know, I I'm keeping an eye on all of this. And when we say, wow, didn't Allah step in, to save these people. Allah has a bigger plan. And this, this, this entire thing is a test from Allah. And the life is the next life. Right? This is not meant to be an easy path. He says, they're sitting after they placed them in this ditch. 
and they, they, they burn them. They're sitting around the ditch watching, not even thinking twice about what they've done, and enjoying the scene. What kind of hearts get to that point in their lives and their journey that they lose sense of the people of a child in front of them who's being burned and who's crying? And Allah is describing it vividly. Vividly. He says they're sitting, enjoying, while witnessing, while all of this will catch up with them. And that is, And then he says, you know what their crime was? These people who got burned? Their crime was nothing else. And there was no other reason for them to be hated. And there was no other reason for the persecutor and the criminals to torture and kill them. There's no other reason but the fact that this group of people believed in Allah, Al-Aziz, Al-Hamid, the powerful, the mighty, the praiseworthy. Then he says, you know this mighty Lord they believe in, he possesses the heavens and the earth. And he is a witness unto everything. And then he concludes this beautiful story by saying what? Says, don't worry, settle down. We don't know the power of Allah. We have to just, subhanAllah, but says, ask humbly, Wallahi, day and night with tears in our eyes, that Allah Azza wa relieves the suffering of people, that He makes, doesn't make us among the oppressors or those who support oppression on this earth. But He says, a couple of thoughts, inshallah, and I'll wrap up. He says, Inna lashadid. The seizing, the grip of Allah is mighty and intense. And when He grips, He doesn't let go. <laughs> He's the one who initiated this creation. Initiate all these individuals, the victim and the criminal, the father and the mother and the child and the parents, every single one. And we shall die and we shall be resurrected again. He says, I'm going to bring you back. You're going to have to stand in front of Allah in His court. You know, then amazingly, as he's talking about his power and his retribution, he says, But he's the most forgiving, the affectionate. Only Allah can come across like this. Only Allah has this powerful combination that He has this retribution and power, but He's the most affectionate, most forgiving. And He says, The door is still open for you to turn back to me. And this word, Wadud, was not mentioned a lot in the Quran. The most affectionate happens to be mentioned in the Surah that speaks of what? Persecution, killing, and an extermination of a people. SubhanAllah. Only Allah is, is the one that you will witness all of this with him, with his beauty and his perfection. He concludes the surah powerfully by saying, Did the news of Fir'aun and Thamud come to you for those of us who lose hope? He says, Didn't it come to you? How many nations oppressed before? Where are they? Didn't you see what happened with Fir'aun? And the people of Thamud who built this powerful, mighty civilization that was built into the stones and into the mountains. They thought nobody can touch them. What happened to them? Allah says, where are they? Similar things will happen to everyone who oppresses and commits injustice. And he says, but those who oppress and commit injustice want to forget and not pay attention. But Allah has encircled them completely. SubhanAllah, brothers and sisters. What a time for me personally, and I pray to Allah for all of us, right, to reflect on these powerful words of Allah, I conclude with this. Brothers and sisters, if we really care about someone, we learn about them. So we can empathize with them. This is the beauty of our faith. Our faith is about bringing out of ourselves the most beautiful things. 
right? And there's nothing that can bring us closer to Allah than relieving suffering. Relieving suffering. Than wiping tears. Lifting broken people who have fallen. That's why Allah Azawajal says in a beautiful hadith, of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu says that Allah will continue be, to be in the assistance, in the, in the protection of, in taking care of those who take care of others. You're guaranteed. You're going to get the mercy of Allah and His support. But then you say, I'm, I'm very far from all of this. What do I do? Brothers and sisters, how about turning our hands to the heavens and asking Allah Azawajal? Day and night. How about this? Advocacy. It's not enough to just pray and make, raise our hands. Part of our faith is to advocate for those who are suffering. Who will be their voice if they cannot speak? Who will be there in their defense if they're defenseless? Alhamdulillah, we're blessed with opportunities to advocate in our country. How many of us will call their congressmen, their senators to say, you know what, these concentration camps have to be ended, right? We call upon our representatives to essentially bring this to the attention of everyone and to condemn what's happening. At least in front of Allah, we say, we say, Allah, we've done our best to advocate on behalf of our brothers and sisters. It's not enough to just go home, brothers and sisters, after a prayer and think that we're okay. We're among the righteous. No, no, no. These are tests for us, as much as they are a test for the people who are oppressed and persecuted. Brothers and sisters, talk to each other about this. Educate your children about it. We have beautiful opportunities to stand up and show ourselves we can be among the righteous who stand up for those who are oppressed. With the little that we have right now, right now, our hands have healing in them, have power. Our eyes, our, our hearts, our souls, our bodies, brothers and sisters. And alhamdulillah, tomorrow, inshallah, I got informed by Dr. Mustafa Haq. He sent me a note on this to remind. There will be a rally for our brothers and sisters, the Uyghurs in Freedom Plaza at 1 p.m. inshallah. 1 p.m. inshallah. So there is something all of us can do. To at least show up. Show up. To say that, you know what, we care. And not just let it be a thing that others take care of. Let us raise our hands, brothers and sisters, inshallah, and ask Allah, Oh Allah, you are the most merciful, you are the most beneficent, you are the most, you are the most mighty, you are the most affectionate. We beseech you, Ya Allah, we beseech you, Ya Allah, that you relieve the suffering of our brothers and sisters, the Uyghurs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, relieve their suffering, Ya Allah. Wipe their tears, lift their hearts and broken bodies, Ya Allah. Unite their families, Ya Allah. Free them, Ya Allah. Free them, Ya Allah, from the subjugation that they are facing, Ya Allah. Free them, Ya Allah, from the torture and, and the beating and the killings, Ya Allah, that they are being subjected to, Ya Allah. Free them from their persecution, Ya Allah. And all those who are suffering across this world, Ya Allah, be there for them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us among those who support the oppressed, Ya Allah. Do not make us among those who support the oppressors, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, accept our prayers for them. Make us among those who care, Ya Allah. Make us among the affectionate, Ya Allah. Guide us to the straight path. Protect us, Ya Allah, from all harm. Heal us, Ya Allah. And heal all the broken hearts, Ya Allah, across this earth. Allahumma khfilana wa rahamna wa afu'anna wa tawalla amrana wa ahsin khalasana wa akhtim bubaqiyat al-salihati a'malana. Allahumma rahamna bi rahmatin tughnina biha an rahmatin man siwak. Rabbana ahdina ila siratika al-mustaqim. Sirata al-ladina an'amta alayhim ghayr al-maghdubi alayhim. Wa la dhalin. Ameen wa akhmi al-salah.